This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, happy Monday, mis amigos. And I say happy Monday with only a tiny little kind of tinge of irony. I mean, we all love a good weekend. Uh, but I do enjoy getting back behind this microphone. I, mean, I, I enjoy, I feel fortunate that I, I'm in a job that I love doing, that I kind of always dreamed of doing. Uh, and so I, I try not to take uh, this for granted. But as I think long term, I think down the road, I'm 43 years old, I guess theoretically a couple of decades away from retirement. Uh, I'm one of these guys that kind of doesn't envision retirement. I, you know, I look at people in the media business uh, who I, I admire and people who have worked uh, well into their 70s and 80s, been fortunate enough to do so. I, I kind of look at that and say, that's what I'd like to do. I would like to just keep working, well, maybe even until I die. I don't know how my wife feels about that, but that's kind of how I look at that question. Although still, I think you got to be prudent. You got to start planning for that retirement because you're not always in the driver's seat. But this gets to a kind of fundamental question I want to get into off the top here. Do people retire because they have to, or do people retire because they want to, because they're in a position to, because they've done all they feel they can do or all they want to do in their chosen career? And it's time to relax. Now, there was a study out last week from the Fraser Institute suggesting that Canada revisit the idea of increasing the retirement age from 65 to 67. It was bandied about under the previous uh, Harper government, but uh, was more or less abandoned. A number of other OECD countries uh, are going down this path, however. Now, certainly there's a financial argument in doing so. When you look at these, uh, this current federal government, the massive deficits they're racking up, uh, any opportunity to spend less, to save money, should be on the table. But as we saw before, that's not going to go over well. And so people who rely on some of these programs kicking in at age 65 uh, might be left in an awkward position. And I think that's part of the concern here. But as we move forward and debate this, because certainly we're living longer. I mean, in some cases for people, maybe we're talking about sustaining them for three decades even. That's a long, long time. Where's the money for that going to come from? And furthermore, what if people don't want to stop working? What if people like what they do, can still continue to do what they do? Is there any impetus for pushing them out of the workforce? I remember when I was younger, I'm sure you start to resent, gee, that guy's been around forever. When's he going to move on and open up a job for somebody else? Once you start to get to be that, that older guy, why should I leave? If I can still do the job, if people still want me to do the job, then I'll keep coming in each day to doing the job. But, I mean, you know, with an aging population... I think there's a concern there as it applies to the workforce. So there's a lot of interesting issues I wanted to explore beyond just the numbers of what we think of as retirement age. But certainly that comes into the conversation. Wanda Morris uh, is uh, vice president of advocacy for the Canadian Association of Retired Peoples. That's uh, carp.ca. Wanda, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. All right, so why does this issue matter? Let's start with that. Why does it matter whether our retirement age is 65, 67, 64, 69, whatever? 
Well, it matters for two reasons. One, we're talking a significant amount of dollars, uh, whatever age the retirement is set at. Uh, and the other issue is that as individuals age, it becomes more and more difficult for them to work. So if we uh, change the retirement age, we're potentially condemning people who are unable to work to more years of living in poverty before they're able to claim retirement benefits. Okay, so this side of it speaks to when some of these benefits start paying out, like old age security, guaranteed income supplement, these kinds of programs, uh, that obviously the retirement age is tied to when people start receiving those. Correct. But in terms of why people retire, I mean, it seems as though that that people do work longer. People do work beyond 65. So what's the motivation for people in terms of making that decision when, when they stop working? Yeah, really interesting. We polled our members, and uh, and and many of them chose to continue working past uh, 65. I mean, many, uh, 18, 20 percent. And what's interesting is almost a third of retirees have gone back to work, uh, even ones that that uh, the retirement was completely in their control. They wanted to do it. Uh, they decided it wasn't so great and, and have gone back. So I think there's a there's a number of factors. Um, health is often a reason people retire. They simply can't. Uh, cope with the demands of working anymore and and sometimes ageism rears its head where people feel uh, no longer welcome at their workplaces well it's an interesting point so you, you get the sense that maybe in, in some cases um older workers are kind of pushed out the door does that still go on uh, it certainly does. I mean, we polled our members earlier this year, and almost 20% of them said that that either directly or more subtly they were made to feel unwelcome and that it was time for them to go. Well, and is there a case, not necessarily in that sense, but is there a case to be made in, in helping workers transition into retirement so that we can free up jobs for younger workers? Do we, do we look at it that way, should we? Uh, so there's a, a number of things in that comment. So first of all, we shouldn't look at uh, the need to push people out. I mean, I, I often talk to people um, about their situation and what they say is, gosh, I really wish other people would retire so my kids could get a job so I could retire. Uh, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of individuals that are helping out their children or even their adult grandchildren with housing uh, down payments or household expenses that are in the workplace or they simply haven't had the ability to save for their own retirement so they're there for kind of financial necessity but i think the other part of your statement really uh, merits looking at I and mean, when retirement ages were brought in uh, people were uh, you know living very few years after retirement so it was not that consequential of a cost but now and here's a a few, I think, very interesting statistics. If someone is part of a 65-year-old male-female couple, there's a 50% chance that one of them will live to 90, a 25% chance one will live to 95, and a 10% chance that one of the members of the couple will live to 100. Yeah. You know, do we want to be pushing people out at 65? I mean, I think we want people to be uh, engaged and active and paying taxes as long as possible. Uh, and that's what I would push for. I would look at other reasons why young people were struggling to get into the workforce and not blame older workers for that.
Yeah, that's an interesting point. So is it possible to separate the, you know, the, the two sides of this debate in terms of individuals' own situation, when they want to retire, when they need to retire, and, and kind of the government program side of it? Does, it? does it make sense that those kinds of programs that, that we have in Canada automatically start paying out at a certain point? Or is there any way to, to make that more flexible? Well, in fact, the, the, you have to apply for your CTP and your OAS, and uh, what Canada has done to some extent is incent people to work longer. So you can uh, work until seven, you can take your CPP or your old age security at 70 and get more than at 65, and in fact, you can actually take it early at 60 and get less. But we need to do a few different things from the policy front. I mean, one thing that is crying out for attention is that uh, if you, when you turn 71 and you have an RSP, you have to take that RSP and turn it into a, either a RIF or an annuity, a registered retirement income fund or annuity, and then you have to start drawing that down the next year. So if you're still working when you're 72, it's really uh, disadvantageous to you from a tax point of view. Yeah. I think our government needs to get their policy chops in order and start to to defer that so we incent people to keep working. And and I think there's a strong argument to be made to to get rid of mandatory withdrawals or at least substantially change them so people can uh, be incented to continue to work. Right, so people want to keep working if they enjoy what they do and they, they feel, you know, that they're they're still physically able to to continue working that there's no reason why they shouldn't. And that, and there is definitely a cohort of individuals like that, and they tend to be individuals that are fairly well paid. And it was interesting when we looked at our study of people who went back to work after retirement. And I mean, there certainly were some that were in the lowest income group, you know, making twenty five thousand or less. But some of our highest income earners went back to work. So I think it's it's definitely more than just pure finances at play here. It's about being active and being engaged and. You know, studies show that uh, people who retire are at significant risk of an early death shortly after their retirement. So another point that you raised is should we help people transition out of retirement? Absolutely. And I think our, our medical community and our human resources departments and even we as a society can do more to, to help people make the transition when they're good and ready. Of course, there's, there's a longer-term issue of ensuring that people are ready for retirement when it's it's right for them. And, of course, we've got different uh, savings vehicles that exist in Canada. Uh, people are encouraged uh, through the system, through various policy measures, to put money away for retirement. So that when people get to that point, that, that I, I would think our, our goal would be to have as few as possible Canadians having to make that decision out of necessity to keep working. That when you're ready to retire, then retire. If you want to keep working, keep working. Working. So in a more longer-term sense, how do we ensure that more Canadians uh, are, are in a position where they're not acting out of necessity? Well, I think we can do a, a number of things. We've recently, the government's recently expanded the Canada Pension Plan, which I think was a, a strong move and you know one that CARP had been advocating for. Uh, and also there was a, a, a recent increase to the Guaranteed Income Supplement, uh, which is for very low-income seniors of $1,000 a year for single seniors. 
an important step, but there's still many, many single seniors living in poverty. So I would say for both of those, we need that was great and we need more. Um, there's also some, some very clear and compelling research about the power of nudging individuals. So if you, uh, when you start a new job, if your employer says, you know, every time we give you a raise, will you put another 3% of it into a savings plan, people tend to save much more over time. So there's, there's kind of creative ways that people can be automatically pushed to save. And certainly, if your employer isn't doing that for you, one thing many individuals can do is just set up an automatic deduction into savings so that they don't even see the money and they're just saving right away. Uh, you know, we, we have other vehicles to help people save. The, the RSP is a, is a good tool, and you know, the TFSA, particularly for low-income individuals, because they, they won't potentially lose benefits in retirement, uh, can be ways for people to, to help themselves save. Uh, but of course, it's really difficult to save if you can't get into the housing market and you can't get a, you know, a decent uh, full-time committed uh, employment. Yeah, those are great points. Uh, again, much more at uh, carp.ca. We'll leave it there for now, but Wanda, thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate this. Terrific. Thanks for having me. All right, there you go. Some interesting thoughts from Wanda Morris, Vice President of Advocacy with CARP, carp.ca. So they're very much on, on the side of giving people the flexibility uh, to retire when they choose. But also, uh, you heard her not really supportive of the idea of raising the retirement age from 65 to 67. So that comes down to, to a question of at what point does government have an obligation to start providing for what we would call seniors slash retirees? And should it be linked to, to whether you're working? I mean, if someone's still working full-time and they're 68 years of age, uh, are they retired? So that's a different kind of question. But what should the retirement age be and how much should it be left to the individual? 974-8255, our number here, got a text that says, I agree with you, Rob. I'm a pipeliner. I'm 62. I'm thinking 80 would be a good retirement age. I love my job. How do you feel about it? you have a set number in mind of when you'd like to retire? you trying to get yourself in a position where you're able to retire at that age? Would you like what you do? Would you like to keep working? Maybe decide later on. Not necessarily 65, maybe 70, 75. See how things go. Again, our number here, 974-8255. Speaking of governments and money, it looks as though maybe uh, city council is getting the message about spending. Budget deliberations uh, underway today. uh, And they're looking at ways of cutting the budget, trying to hold the line on taxes. Heard a lot about that during the election. We'll see, I guess, whether it was just rhetoric. And lo and behold, look who's there today. None other than Miss Antarctica herself, Diane Collier-Cart. So what's going on with that? She's going to be giving an update to the media in a few minutes uh, on her recent absence from just about everything. And uh, what happened with this trip to Antarctica? So we'll have more on that coming up today and a lot more to get to. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.